Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization that can help you save for your family's future. You can give Hector a call. Easy to do. He's a local guy. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, brought to you by Greening Law a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 180, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. As we were in a variety of ways from the Cowboys win today on the road in a quasi home game, it sounded like what a fascinating <laughs> yeah, atmosphere that is. Wow. Because you heard a lot of cheers when the Cowboys would do something good. And then at the end of the game, you heard a lot of cheers when Washington did something good. It was really <laughs> nuts. But Cowboys pull it out in Washington. They are now nine and four with four games remaining in the regular season. And we will get to all of that. The defense, the poop, which I think is what the offense is known as now. All kinds of different things that we saw in this game. But before we do that, I told you about Hector. Have you given him a call yet? 940-453-3490. Let him help you start learning how to save. Because saving is something that people struggle with. And I think at some point, you it, it just feels like it can be overwhelming. Like, oh, what do I do? And as Hector will tell you, it's just like paying a bill, but you're paying a bill to yourself that will pay off for you down the road as you plan for you and your family's future. Well, I think what he's trying to do is get people to understand the concept of pay yourself first. And if you pay yourself first over a period of time, when you get to retirement age, you will be shocked at how much money you've been able to save. And so I think what Hector does and what the best thing for folks to do is give him a call, lay out your plan, what you'd like to accomplish, and then let him create a plan for you to follow. And then you don't really have to think. All you got to do is follow the plan. Make it happen. He's got a variety of different tools that have proven to work over the many years that he's been doing this in Modern Woodman of America. They've been around for a long, long time. So give him a call. He's local and it costs nothing to meet with him. 940-453-3490. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, Greening Law. I, I always wonder, is this the weekend that it happened to you? like my weekend months ago when I had a, a nasty car accident. And then I remember on that Monday, the first call I made on Monday morning was to Robert Greening and his green team 
over there at Greening Law because I knew the consultation doesn't cost me anything. I was like, I think I got something here. I'm going to need help against the insurance companies. I called Robert Greening and I talked to them and they, and they went through the process and, and asked me a bunch of questions and, and said, okay, yeah, you do have something here. We're going to take your case. Let's go. And we're in this together. And I've been working with them now for the past five months. Again, the call costs nothing. And what I like about it is they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you never have to wonder how hard they're grinding for you. And the thing about it is, and Matt can tell you this, they ask, they tell you and prepare you for questions that you don't even know are supposed to be asked. Listen to that. You don't even know they're supposed to be asking these questions or getting asked these questions. And they prep you for them in advance. That's why they're amongst the best. Indeed. Make them your legal competitor against the insurance companies. Give them a call consultations as Jacques just told you they're free 972-934-8900 972-934-8900 call them right now do not wait it's Robert Greening offices Dallas Texas let's get into this Cowboys game man because what a weird ass game that ended up being I want to start positive and so let's let's start with hard to win it, it is and again we're going to go through like we do every every time we have a game, and, and a lot of you guys tweet a bunch of random things, and we're going to go through that and dig into some of your comments. But the reality of it is, I think the bird's eye view, this is a road win in December against a divisional opponent. You are now 9-4. and four. You have kept pace in the division of doom. I think that's a good way to look at it, and I think that's always the first and foremost way to look at it. And here's all you have to do. Did they play, you know, really pretty good against Tampa Bay in the opener? Yet they lost, okay? So you can play pretty good and win. If you can play average on one side of the ball or below average on one side of the ball, really good on another and win, it doesn't matter, man. It's hard to win in the league. Take the wins, take the wins, take the wins, understanding that this ain't good enough to get you no championship. But guess what, Matt? You can't compete for a championship unless – you get into the tournament. Exactly. And that's part of what this is. And right now, a win like this virtually locks up the NFC East for Dallas with two more. They've got, obviously, four more games, three against NFC East opponents. they got the Giants next week. And then, of course, they'll be home to replay the Washington football team. But this is what it's about, man. I mean, you now are three clear of Washington in the standings, but really three and a half clear with four games to go. It's this simple. If they win again next week, that could wrap up the division for the Dallas Cowboys and that's the first step win the division you guarantee yourself a home playoff game even if you're playing on wild card weekend you're in the tournament you're at home dude that was the goal at the start of the season and I always tell people man when the season began if you told Cowboys Nation Cowboys fans hey y'all gonna be nine and four uh two weeks into December I would suspect, this is just your boy now, I would suspect 90% of people would be like, oh, my God, we'll take it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, expectations were heightened with a 6-1 and one start. But the reality is it's 9-4. and four. You're still in position to do just about anything and everything you'd like to do, and that's about executing in the last month of the season. Now, the positives from this game when you jump into it a little bit, what we have seen from the defense in the last couple of weeks, it feels like, and, and really all season with their ability to make plays on the ball, we, have, we are finally seeing a defense with a healthy tank 
a healthy Gallimore, a healthy Gregory, Micah Parsons, who very well, I'm not kidding you. Somebody was like, oh, Micah Parsons, defensive rookie of the year. Like he's already won that. He, he could not yeah. play the rest of the season. He is the defensive rookie of the year. What we are seeing now is can Micah Parsons in this last month actually win defensive player of the year? Because that dude is a badass. Um, I think he's putting himself. Well, let me change that. He's in the conversation now. Like, I don't think he was in the conversation a month ago. He's in the conversation now. He plays for the team that gets more attention than any other team in the league. And now it's just a matter of if they can win and, you know, win 12 or 13 games, obviously that plays a role in whether you're the defensive player of the year. And I really think, and and tell me what you think, man. I really think it's down to him, Miles Garrett from Arlington Martin, Mm -hmm. and TJ Watt. I agree. One of those three, Uh, I think, is going to win it. But reality of it is, if Mike is going to do what he did to Washington today and he's going to continue to rack up sacks and he's going to continue to force fumbles and do some of the things that we've seen him consistently start doing over the course of the last six, seven games, I think he is very well going to be – it is going to be a tough decision when it comes down to it because this is a Dallas team where all of a sudden – it's the defense that we're talking about. And the reason why is because Micah Parsons is on this defense. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think the other thing is don't underestimate the media in terms of this aspect, you know, for the people who vote on these awards and stuff. Um, because he's a really charismatic dude and a good guy, um, when you're voting and you go, oh, this is the first time we've even considered somebody in what has it been, 40 years since 1981? That helps you get it. Like people go, oh, there's a chance to be part of history. I can vote on the first guy to win player of the year and rookie of the defense player of the year for the first time in 40 years. I think that actually works to his advantage because it's been so long since it's happened. Yeah, but he was special today. The defense was special today. The defense won this game. The defense made the plays. The defense got the touchdown that really put this thing early on what felt like it would be out of reach when they got the 18 nothing lead on the set, the strip sack that Parsons had and the scoop and score, you know, and you started to look at this, they had four takeaways, four more takeaways. They had five sacks. They were a constant pressure. And to me, that's what you're This is a crappy, really bad Washington offense. And they did what you, what a defense like this, it feels like, you know what I thought when I watched this is like, this is the hot boys that tank wanted this defense to be a few seasons ago. That's what this. Um, that's what they are because they play with swagger and they seem like they're really out there playing for each other. Um, that that can all be cool, bro. This defense is the badass defense that it is, and that it's becoming to me. To me, for one reason, bro. And I've talked about it all year long. And when I tell you what it is, you'll be like, "Well, yeah, you have talked about, it. dude." The game's about making plays and about playmakers. Yeah. When you got playmakers at every level of the defense. Tank Lawrence and Randy Gregory on the defensive line. Michael Parsons at linebacker in half the time on the defensive line. Trayvon Diggs in the secondary. When you have playmakers at three different levels and you got playmakers who are playing 60 snaps a game, more or less, 50 to 60 snaps a game in general, dude, they're going to make plays at some point. And so today you're like, man, somebody got to make a play. Boop, there's Randy Gregory with the, uh, you know, Strip with the sack and a forced fumble with the, with the game on the line. Yeah. Even the other guy that we don't talk a lot about, Jordan Lewis is a bona fide playmaker. I mean, he's he's a slot guy and doesn't play all, all, as much all the time. 
But look at the plays he makes per capita, per snap. And he's one of the leading playmakers on his defense, bro. So they got a lot of playmakers. And to me, that's why this defense is thriving. And, uh, oh, boy, Neville Gallimore showed like he might be in the running for a pl- being a bona fide I mean, playmaker a few weeks from now. Yeah, no can doubt. You, can I tell you the most impressive thing I saw from Gallimore today, bro? And you're mm-hmm. going to laugh when I tell you. All right. It took me a second take. I didn't see it the first time. Uh, Doris Armstrong's fumble return for the touchdown. Yeah. Gallimore is a yard ahead of him, bro. Like, we all saw Tank because Dorrance Armstrong was like, hey, Tank, maybe you need to block somebody. No, man. Look to the left. To the left of Tank, there's Neville Gallimore, bro. And I was like, damn, the big man's moving. Yeah. So, you know, they got playmakers on defense, bro. They do. They've got a handful of them. That's what's wild about this. I saw this stat tweeted out at some point after the Armstrong touchdown. Dallas now has seven non-offensive touchdowns this year. Now, obviously, they had the kickoff return. No other team has more than four. Wow. They are finding ways to score when the offense doesn't. And trust me, we will get into the offense. But I wanted to continue with this defense because it's about, you know, Randy Gregory coming back. And and we kind of talked about this earlier in the season. He had missed the last chunk of games because of his injury. He comes back. When this dude has been healthy this year, he has been – Obviously, Micah Parsons is their best defensive player. But Randy Gregory's probably number two. Diggs making plays. And then Tank the last couple of weeks finally got a sack after you wrote that article about him. You know, he he was reading it. He was like, hey, you know, Jacques right. I I didn't get paid to be a run defender. I got paid to get the quarterback on the ground. You know, um, sometimes, uh, bro, you you know, you you tee it up properly. And, uh, but, you know, all I know is that – this defense is making plays, and you can win with a defense that makes plays, um, you know, because they've been making them all year long. We're surprised when they don't make them. And then they dropped, what, four interceptions today? So I know Anthony Brown had at least two. Maybe maybe uh, Trayvon Diggs had his hand on one. And one of the two touchdowns yeah. Washington scored, Diggs is in perfect position. Guy just made a phenomenal play. So, you know, there's ebb and flow during the season. Season long as hell, man. But there's ebb and flow. Early on, the offense was terrific and the defense was shady. Now, the defense is terrific and the offense is shady. And what you hope is that in the next month, they will merge together and you'll get that offense you saw early in the year with the defense that you see now. And if that happens, then you got every chance in the world to bring home a trophy. If, and that's that's as big an if as you could ever have. Because we ain't seen shit from the offense in five or six weeks. Yeah, man. But this defense, that is now 27 takeaways on the year. 27 takeaways in 13 games with four more to go. And every time, I mean, that play that Randy Gregory made where he tipped it up and tipped it to himself and turned his body, was able to locate it and catch, that was insane. And then you already mentioned Jordan Lewis, but that when he punched that ball out for the fumble from Antonio Gibson, that was it. that was Jordan Lewis as they were going to the game the ground and Gibson was trying to stretch to make sure he got a first down. Lewis goes up underneath him and punches the ball out. Go back and look at all the numbers, man. You two, all y'all who are listening, Jordan Lewis makes plays. Yeah. Man. Now he gets beat. He gets beat. But I asked um, I asked Will McClay this last year. I know for sure. I go because don't forget Jordan Lewis signed a three year deal in the offseason. I go. Why does Jordan Lewis make this team? Because remember, they were trying to phase him out because Chris Richard wanted bigger corners. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Lewis is literally, literally 5'9", because I can look the man in the eyeballs. Um, and Will McClay was like, 
oh, he's on the team because, one, he's a good player. Two, he's one of the most competitive players we have, in part because he's a little guy, always trying to fight to prove that he belongs. Yeah. And three, and three, McClay said, he makes plays. He said, just look at him. He makes plays. Yeah, he gives up some plays, but he will make a play for you, whether it's an interception, whether it's a forced fumble, fumble recovery. And if you think about it, just go back and look. Every time, you know, quite frequently, he pops up as a playmaker. I would say outside of Diggs, he makes more plays in the secondary than anybody. Yeah, he does. They, they make some plays, man. This is a – this defense is finally starting to get right, and they've got a couple of nice teams to tee off on before you get to that Arizona game where you'll really get tested. But, man, with the health of this defense coming back, they're just fun to watch. I tweeted this out at one point during the game. How weird is it? that I get disappointed when the defense goes off the field now because they're exciting and fun to watch and the offense is so damn boring. <laughs> I never would have thought that with this version of the, of the Dallas Cowboys, but that, that's where we're at. I mean, this, this defense, they're out there making plays, they're hitting the quarterback, and they seem like they're having a hell of a fun time doing it. Well, it's all fun when you're doing that, bro. When you're playing good defense and you're creating havoc, it's fun. Um, it wasn't fun earlier in the year when they played like shit. But it's fun now because they're playing good. And, um, I mean, I ain't breaking no news here. They're also playing with a lot of confidence. And they, you know, good teams know what they're capable of doing. And, dude, when you got the youngster out there, like, let's go ball, he sets the tone, man. And everybody else is following his lead, including Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Now, you know, Tank has always been that kind of guy. But – the young fella sets the tone, baby, and everybody follows. I mean, that thing yeah, he did yeah. to blow the game open with the sack and the force fumble. I mean, come on, <laughs> he's, man. He's just – he's so unstoppable. I, I, I said today, I said, okay, you know what the mythological creature is? That is what happens when you cross a cheetah with a bear with the velociraptor. He is now known <laughs> as Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm like, how the hell did you come up with that? Because No, I'll tell you why. Because he's, he's so fast like a cheetah. He, he, he's deceivingly strong, it feels like, because there are times where he'll just throw guys out of the way. And then Velociraptors always had this cunning ability to outsmart whatever they were hunting. And, and, right, and they would right. set you up to trick you. And he does that throughout the course. I mean, there are times where we see him where he sets a guy up like he's going inside, and then boom, he's like a cheetah quick right around the outside. For He's unbelievable, man. And I, I, I know... It's hard to not get crazy excited about this because you you hear some of the guys that talk about him that played in the game, these talking heads that play defense in the NFL, and multiples of them that come out. You know, who was it today? Oh, Strahan talking about how he reminds him of a young Demarcus Ware. Like, he's that level. Yeah. I mean, Strahan and Howie Long in the pregame today are talking about him like, this dude has the traits of a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like to go there because – you know, greatness is about consistency. There have been a lot of cats yeah. who've had great years or great rookie years or, you know, but he's got everything that that says this is, you know, I was thinking today, like, he reminds me of how Von Miller burst on the scene and basically did his thing for a decade until injuries finally slowed him down. It looks to me that Micah Parsons, barring some injury, is going to do this for a decade before he slows down. And that's because – of his work ethic, man, and everything you hear about his desire to be great, because everybody ain't got a desire to be great. They just don't. And you can't put it in somebody. It's just what they have. It's what's in them. 
um, whether whether they're great or not. And he has a desire to be great. And this is the most important thing. He has the talent and athletic ability to be great because you can want to be great all you want to. If you ain't got the talent, bro, it don't matter. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it is. It's special to watch. And this was a fun one from the defense today. And we'll see what they've got. Again, like I said, the Giants offense is horseshit. I mean, they're horrible. So I would imagine, and then you you turn around and you play the Washington football team again. So, you know, I, I like that they're getting an opportunity to get some momentum and get some flow going healthy together here towards the end of the season. We'll see. But speaking of great, have you ordered your Bruce Biltong yet? Bruce Biltong, I will tell you this. We've got a couple of our sponsors who I think just because of the nature of what they do, they like like the the women's boutique, Kinley Rose with the gift cards, Smokey John's Barbecue with the sauce and the rub, and Brews Biltong. These are great stocking stuffers. I mean, th- these make for something that's unique and something that you wouldn't be expecting in your stocking. How about some Biltong for people in your life? Because I'm telling you, if you enjoy it, then I think that other people in your life will enjoy it as well. I'm actually... I think I can say this in the podcast. I don't think the people I'm getting this for listen, but I'm actually getting some, I'm ordering some of the Biltong to give us gifts this year because I have people that are in my life that like beef jerky. And this is similar to that. It's a traditional air dried South African meat. I think it's better. And I'm like, okay, I know these people like beef jerky so much that if they try Biltong, I think they'll be hooked. Well, the thing about it is, and we've talked about it is to me, Cause I'm a beef jerky guy. Cause I like the uh, I like the health benefits. It's a great snack in the middle of the day. Cause it's got a lot of protein, no sugar, no carbs, not a lot of calories. But what I really like, man, is it's so damn tender. Yeah. I mean, beef jerky is good. It really is. But it's a lot tougher. It sticks in my teeth a little bit more. This stuff, man, the shredded the shredded biltong, bro, or sliced biltong, bro, dude, it's fantastic. Tender. It's like no other beef jerky. Cause it's not that I've ever had. It's awesome. I love it. It's savory. The flavor's good. As you just mentioned, no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and it's high in protein. I mean, I eat it every time after I get done working out. I love it. I think you will as well. It's Bruce Biltong, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, BruceBiltong.com. Go there. You can order it. They will ship it right to your door, and when you use the promo code JAM15, J-A-M-15, you get 15% off your order at bruisebiltong.com. Now, I don't know if this would make a stocking stuffer, but this sure as hell would make a great Christmas present. Maybe you've got somebody in your life who's turning 16 coming up, or maybe it's for yourself, or who knows? Somebody, maybe a a lady friend. Bluestarmotorgroup.com. Can't quite fit what they do into a stocking, but you can put a bow on that thing and really make somebody's Christmas season fantastic at bluestarmotorgroup.com superior quality carfax certified it's pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models but the one thing that you and i both love about what they do is they really work with you to find what you're looking for to give you a great deal no man that's uh, that's what's really key to me is that deb and mike man they want after the contracts get signed after you shake hands after you drive off they want you to feel like it's a win-win deal and you can't wait to buy another car from them. i mean it's really that simple and so they work with you they want it to be win-win and when you got somebody like Deb, who's the final decision maker, man, and she wants it to be win-win, then it gets done. And it doesn't matter whether you're selling them there, you're selling them your old car, or buying a car from them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'm telling you, I was just on the website right this second. They've got a 2017 Nissan Titan 4x2 for under 36000 
They've got a 2019 Honda Accord sedan EXL loaded. It doesn't even have 22,000 miles on it, and they've got it for under 32,000. I'm telling you, man, that's a nice ride, too. That is a really nice-looking ride. But if you are looking for a vehicle for yourself, for somebody that you know, you need to check with Blue Star Motor Group before you go anywhere else and see what they can do for you. Easy to get a hold of. It's local. It's family-owned. You can give Deb a call or shoot her a text. 817-881-4066. 817-881-4066 or online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Also, of course, brought to you by the new online women's boutique, Kinley Rose. So ladies, listen up, and I'm telling you guys, if you are trying to find a gift for your lady, this site has got it all from sweaters and jackets to all sorts of attainable style without sacrificing comfort. It's a great time to support local small businesses during the holiday season. You can check them out online at kinleyrose.com, K-I-N-L-E-Y rose.com. You can also order your virtual gift card that'll arrive for you right in your inbox where you can use that. That makes a great, great stocking stuff or just a gift to give this Christmas. So if you're looking for something fashionable, we're dudes, we don't know. We, we really just don't know. Kinley Rose makes it easy for you. Make sure you use the promo code JAMSESSION10 at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your first order at the new online women's boutique, KinleyRose.com. So I guess let's go around the world of what the hell is happening to the Cowboys on offense, because <laughs> most of you, for instance, Jeff Williams tweets in, Dak has to get right. Mohammed tweets in, Dak is not confident. He keeps checking down. That's the problem with the offense. I mean, multiple of you, Drizzle tweets in, offense is stale and embarrassing. I get it, guys. I, I don't disagree with anybody. Whatever this offense has been doing for the last few weeks, really ever since we saw them against Atlanta when they put up 43 points, they had spurts against the Raiders. Outside of that, this has been a, this has been poop, shit, not good, <laughs> horrible. They, they're not good offensively. They look out of sync. They look out of sorts. They look like, you know, Dak's not good. Dak has been, I'm a, and I love Dak. I defend Dak all the time. I think Dak has the traits to be a great quarterback. We've seen him be great this season. Ever since the calf thing, he's average at best. Yeah, I think uh, now somebody tried to call him bad to, earlier in the game. I, go, I don't really think he's been bad. I think he's been solid most weeks uh, above average. But he hasn't been great, and that's the bar that he said earlier. And to me, <clears throat> now, unlike some people, and y'all know who they are, I don't pretend to be some NFL scout. I don't intend to, to, to sit there and break down tape and, oh, yeah, this is why I got his hips are too high and all that yeah. stuff, man. But I will say this. To my untrained eye, he looks hesitant mm -hmm. on everything, meaning – He's hesitant, should I run, should I stay in the pocket? He's hesitant, should, is my first look open, should I stay, should I go? And in the NFL, where a half a step will get you beat, you waiting half a tick means that play that was open is no longer open. And so when you get that, man, he just looks hesitant to me. Like he doesn't, like he's not trusting his eyes, he's not playing with confidence. And because of that, you get the inconsistency that we've seen in the offense. And it, uh, and it starts with him. Uh, when he's better and when he's good, everything's good. Um, but uh, he wasn't good today. And, uh, dude, this, this slump is, is lasting for a minute. But don't forget, 
Pat Mahomes had a slump the last about eight weeks. So yeah. we're not there yet. Yeah, but it, it is. It's really weird. And, and, you know, we have seen him and CD be off on, on multiple throws over the last couple of weeks. It happened again at least once. There was another time where he had Amari where he threw and he thought Amari was going to cut out and, and Amari went in and, and Amari seemed to tap himself. You know, both those seem to be on the receiver, but it's just it's it's things like that that weren't happening earlier in the year where they're just oh. not on the same page. And I got to tell you, man, and I know that you're going to go back to the Tavon Austin bit for forever, but I think we might have seen the worst pass we've ever seen Dak throw today because <laughs> I don't have I have no idea what the hell he was seeing, what he was looking at. And I'm talking about the first interception where he sailed it over. I was like, what? I mean, I did you think the route was I, – I don't even – I can't process what he was doing. That was one of, if not the worst throw I've ever seen him make that was an easy pick for Landon Collins. I think, and I'm only surmising here, I think there was a guy in front of CeeDee Lamb, then there was CeeDee Lamb, and then there was Landon Collins in back. And I think he was trying to drop it over the, the front defender into CeeDee Lamb, and it got away from him. Much like a pitcher, you know, throws a ball over a catcher's head because his release point was bad. I think his release point was bad, and that led to everything else. Um, the point being, that's a tough throw, bro. Uh, go find an easier throw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, I, what? like, why? I don't even know why that's the decision. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, I do. When I said go find an easier throw, I wasn't just, you know, making cracking jokes. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of reads out there. You don't have to take the one with the highest difficulty factor. You know what? You can take an easier throw. Uh, maybe it's not as glamorous. Maybe it's not as sexy. You know, I said this. I tr you know, I got so many forms. I forgot where I said this. I, but, uh, but if you look at, uh, I forget where it is. It might be next generation stats. I think Dak has one of the highest um, per percentage of throws into tight windows. Basically, he's throwing to a lot of guys who are covered closely. Mm-hmm. And some of that, I believe, is as he's gotten better as a passer, he's gotten more confident. As he's gotten more confident, he feels like he can make every throw. And so some of these more difficult throws you don't have to make, but he believes his confidence is there, so he throws them. But a difficult throw is a difficult throw for a reason. Yeah. Where there are easier throws that you can make and pick up yards and keep drives going and make more manageable third-down situations. Real quick. If you make a if you take the easy throw on second and ten and it becomes third and three, right? That's a lot better than taking the high difficulty throw on second and ten. It's incomplete and now it's third and ten. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And that's one of those things when you talk about the indecision of Dak and the and the problems that we've seen him have. One of them that really jumps out to me was they were trying to run like a little middle screen or something to Zeke at one point. Yeah. Where he, he he was late on the throw. And because he was late on the throw, it almost ended up getting picked off. And it was really weird. And I, I thought, you know, it, it, it was that. It was the play to Schultz. You know, and Greg Olson was kind of like, Schultz needs to keep going. But at the same time, the fact that, that Dak doesn't see that, and it's almost like he tried to like, oh, well, you're not running the route that I thought. I'll try to force it here. And then he throws a pick that ended up being the pick six. But there's just a couple little things like that throughout the game where he like, had been so much sharper earlier in the year. Yeah, but you know, what you're talking about is like as soon as Schultz comes open, then he's open for like a tick. Yeah, right. And then by, and he did some kind of like fake throw to the right 
where instead of the fake throw to the right, if you just throw it to Schultz right there, it's the first down and, you know, you keep it moving. Um, instead, he was late on it. The guy gets over and, uh, and, uh, and covers it up and it's a pick six. And you're like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I got my grades already written. I got to redo them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's all about me. You got to understand. So, I mean, those are correctable things, but we're now into the last month of the season and uh, it all matters. And your quarterback has got to play better. It's that simple. It ain't real complicated. He's got to play better. Yeah, because he hasn't been good enough and you can't win in the playoffs with this type of quarterback play. And, and, and this, this offense in general, like I wonder – how far you can go in the playoffs if, and I know Zeke is banged up and now the Pollard injury and that's horrible. They cannot run the football. And I don't know if you can survive in the playoffs if you can't effectively run the football. That's a fair point. Um, I mean, I, this is really all y'all need to know, man. I mean, really. Tony Pollard is out and Corey Clement ends up with the same 13 carries as Zeke. Yeah. You know what? I mean, that really tells you all you need to know about Zeke's health. Uh, yeah, they had a big lead early, so they're trying to give him a breather. But, you know, they're trying to figure out ways to manage him and get him through the end of the games and then through the end of the season. And you just got to make it up as you go, bro. Yeah, I mean, it, it's – and you can tell. When when Zeke runs, you can tell he's not right. That's why I think – I wonder if something's wrong with Dak because he looks – like when he runs now, he looks like he's lumbering more. He doesn't his, – his stride is not what it he was. Don't look, he don't look fluid. Yeah, it's weird. And I wonder if there is something with the calf or something that's bothering him. Because a couple of times when he scrambled today, I was like, that's not – he doesn't scramble like that. And he doesn't run a lot anymore. I and mean, maybe it's mental. Maybe it's in his head or something. But he just doesn't look right. Dak does not look right. No, I think it's uh, – and I don't know. So, you know, it could be the calf that he's um, – What's the word I'm looking for? Apprehensive. He's got some, you know, he's, he doesn't really trust it. And so he's trying not to really do it, uh, use it, extend himself. I don't know, but they got to get it figured out, man. And they got to get it figured out quick. Now, we said all that, but he did run the ball for two first downs today, which is yeah. which equaled his total for the season. So that's a positive. Um, it's a work in progress, man, but the season's coming to an end. And so earlier you had a lot of time to figure things out. Now you don't. You got a month. And you need to get it fixed. Yeah, and that's one of our listeners, Larry, had tweeted in. He goes something about, oh, he says, this is not a Super Bowl or championship offense. Something just isn't right. And I agree. And I said back to him, I said, well, fortunately, this is also not the Super Bowl or championship month. Right. Like, you've got four games in the regular season to, to work this out. Dak has to get right, obviously. Or it's going to be a short postseason. But they're 2-0 in December. You've got two games you should win. You should beat New York, and you should beat Washington again. Those games coming up in the next two weeks, and then we'll see what you look like against Arizona in three weeks. But this is a team that, I mean, quite honestly, they're better than three out of the last four teams they're playing. Arizona, I don't know. But if that's the case, this should be a 12-5 and team that wins the division and has a home playoff game. And then you hope that you get some of these things ready to go for the playoffs. Because if not, it, it is going to be a quick exit. No, I think that's fair, man. Um, it's about streaking right now. You know, somebody's, you know, Washington won four in a row. Everybody's like, oh, then maybe they're getting hot. So you just got to play good football, which they haven't done as a complete unit. You know, they haven't played a complete game since uh, since Atlanta. And that seemed like forever ago. 
but uh, they're capable and they can. They just have to. Yeah, and, and that's where, and I get it. I, I understand the frustration, but I also, again, go back to what I said at the very beginning when we were talking about this. I get how frustrating it is to watch this offense, but the defense played damn well today. And there are positives that you see. And the reality of it is you went on the road and won a divisional game in December in the NFL. And that's that's what this has to be about. You're nine and four. But I get it because, yeah, the, the offense sucks. It is not good right now. And Dak has not been good. So make no mistake. We agree. <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing else to say to that, man. It is. You just got to understand what it is. If you understand what it is then um, you take you take the positives from the win. You understand that there's a lot of work to do, and you hope that they can get it done. Because y'all should be able to look at the game and go, man, if we can ever get this offense and defense working at the same time. No doubt. Who scares you? And the answer would be nobody. Yeah, nobody. And, and that's the thing is that can they click together? Because you're right. If they can, they can beat any team in the NFL. They can. Well, well you know, the players know this. The players ain't dumb. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I've covered the NFL long enough. P- players know when we got a good team, man. We got a championship caliber team. They know when, man, we ain't got shit this year. They, they know this. So they're looking at tape. They're practicing. They know if we can figure out how to put it together on offense, the way that our defense is playing, mm-hmm. we can make it happen. Um, but you got to be able to do it, man. And it's, it's hard to do. And there's a lot of reasons why you can't do it. Some your fault, some not your fault, some just about life. And uh, but you got to figure it out because check this out, dog. Somebody's gonna figure it out this year. Yeah. <laughs> and so you would hope that it would be the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you would hope so. That would be nice to see. But it is frustrating. What the offense is going through is frustrating, man. There's no doubt about that. And and you hope that they can get this thing right because God, it's just so clunk. I mean, that's the frustrating well, part, dude. You better make sure that Tyron Smith ain't too hurt. Yeah, because then you got a real problem. I mean, if if Tyron Smith is down and and can't come back after he got – they fell on him, they got a real problem. Okay, can I say this, man? I'm just going to say this. Don't you hate when a spare player falls on a good player? Yep. And it's not not his fault he ain't trying to do it. But I thought the same thing. I was like, why can't we reverse this? (laughs) Like, if somebody's got to get hurt, why can't Tyron fall on you? Dude, I just be looking at like, why does it always happen like that? And I don't, I didn't, even, I didn't even want to say nothing publicly. Like I didn't want to say nothing on Twitter, but I was just like, dude, you're a spare. You got to be better. You can't be falling into the Hall of Fame left tackle, man. Now we all know it wasn't his fault, but it was funny as hell when I was thinking about it. Yeah, but that's what it is, man. You know, I mean, that, that's just part of what it is. You're right, but it, it is. I mean, how much do you put any of this on Kellen at all? Because, for instance, like the, I think it was the first drive of the game when they had that third and nine, and he calls a bubble screen, and they, I was like, why do you call plays like that? Because it has to be executed so perfectly with the blocks and everything to pick up nine yards. And then they had the red zone offense is a concern. And it's it's kind of been concerning maybe longer than the the whole offense. But, man, they had multiple, I think it was four opportunities. They had the one touchdown. I think they got in the red zone four other times. And they ended up with right. field goals, and they couldn't score. And they were in the – hell, when they got that turnover, that second or whichever one it was, one of the four that they got towards the end of the game, and they were like smack dab in, in Washington territory, and they couldn't move the ball. Dude, how do I want to say this? I mean, I don't uh, – <clears throat> now, again, I've said this about three times already. It's just me. I don't really get caught up in individual play calls. 
because if it works as a great play, if it doesn't work, it's a dumb play. Um, now, that said, I did put those thinking emojis on that bubble screen that you're talking about. But in the fourth quarter, we saw Gallup catch one and go 11 yards with it, right? Yeah. And so that one was one that was executed better. Um, I think I look at more generality and more um, trends than I do individual play calls. And so, you know, I think – I think, and then here's the other thing, man. We don't know. Like, Kevin calls great plays. Well, if Dak – if Dak is going to be indecisive on him, yeah. well, that ain't really on Kellen Moore. That's on Dak. And, you know, maybe the game plays out even a little differently if uh, – uh, who's that? Lyle Collins doesn't get a hold that's, you know – Yeah, wipes the out the 40, 40. Yep. Now, of course, maybe Dak gets sacked if he doesn't hold, and there is no 44-yard gain. I don't know. But, you know, there's always a few plays in there that you go, well, if, if those plays had counted or if those plays had worked, you know, um, I think the red zone's a real issue. Being that it's so – because we're only taping this like 20 minutes after the game. Yeah. Um, so we ain't had time to go back and look and see, like, is there a trend? But I can tell you right now, and you've already answered your own question, when you can't run the football, especially in the red zone, yep. shit just becomes so much harder. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, let's be honest, man. And I get it. Zeke is trying to fight through it. And Greg Olson, I thought, gave some good insight on that. I actually like Greg Olson quite a bit. I think he's really good. And he gave some good insight about kind of how there's guys in the NFL that the team just believes in that, yeah, he even talked about that. He said maybe a backup is, is probably better, but that dude has the respect and it means something to the team that he gets out there and goes for it. And I thought that was interesting. And not having Tony Pollard, I mean, what did you – I mean, come on, Corey Clement, really? What do we expect he was going to do today? Yeah, and he actually did serviceable. Yeah, he was fine, but still, I mean, in that's – second half, but he's Corey Clement. So, right. I mean, you, you can only – your expectations can only be so much for him. Um, you know, it's a work in progress, man. They're trying to they're trying to figure out the best way they can. There ain't no there ain't no running back worth having out there in the street to go get. Uh the best they can do is put CeeDee Lamb in there uh every now and then and let him do it. And uh hell, it's a testament to him that he can carry it off because he's uh he's pretty damn physical. Yeah, man. I mean it, it's just it's really why why I was just looking at this. So Dallas on the season is sixty one percent with touchdown red zones. But the last three games before today, they were 42%. And then obviously today, that would drop it down. So they'll, they'll be one of the, the three worst teams over the last month in the red zone. And, and you've seen it. The offense is clunky. I and mean, we, we've talked about that for the last 20 minutes. Now they got to get better, bro. They got to do something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but they need to get fixed. Maybe they need to go to Freeway Tire Shop. Let JR and his crew work on them for a little bit and be like, oh, okay, well, here's the problem, your engine. You know, we can fix this for you. We can make take take care of this. But Freeway Tire Shop, where Jacques takes all his vehicles, it's the place to go. He's the mechanic you can trust. He does quality work that he stands behind. And that's the thing. And we and we tell you guys about this all the time. So many of you have reached out that have started using JR. And you're like, wow, yeah, you're right. I mean, this I trust this dude, and he has he has elite level customer service at freeway tire shop well i mean i talk about it every week man um dude i don't know the last time i haven't had a car at jr's <laughs> it's so crazy now i'm laughing because you know there's a problem with the jag and he couldn't figure it out and so he he kept he said i just got to hold on to it until i know what's wrong with it because it would just stop like literally it would just stop well you can't be on the highway and your car just stop yeah so he's like until it does it on me, I just got to keep it. So he's had that car about six weeks, man. He gives me a report once a month. I mean, once a week. Look, yo, here you go. 
but that's the kind of dude he is. You know, I trust him, man. On uh, in every way, you can trust a mechanic, and that's why I take my cars there. Yeah, it's Jr. and his guys. They're fantastic. They're big listeners of the podcast at Freeway Tire Shop. Request your quote. Schedule your appointment online at freewaytireshop.com. You know, I briefly mentioned this earlier, but Smokey John's Barbecue, right over there, I mean, they're, they're actually really close. You could drop your car off with JR at Freeway Tire Shop, like just for an oil change or whatever, and then get an Uber and go down and have lunch at Smokey John's Barbecue because they're close to each other. Smokey John's Barbecue there just off of Mockingbird in between 35 and Love Field. But I was talking about the stocking stuffers. They've got their barbecue sauce and their barbecue rub. You can order it online and they'll ship it to you wherever you are. Or you can order it online and just go pick it up the store, whichever is easiest for you. It's Smokey John's Barbecue, SmokeyJohns.com. Click on Smokey's Market. I'm telling you, man, I wasn't kidding when I talked about it a while back that I drank the barbecue sauce. I thought it was so good. It makes a phenomenal stocking stuffer, especially if you have somebody in your life that's into barbecue or into grilling and stuff like that. I think they'll really enjoy the sauce in the rub. Nah, dude, it's uh, Smokey John's is great. Uh, We had yet another uh, friend of a jam session go by this weekend to pick up the jam session Mm -hmm. uh, bowl. Uh, You know, here's a little rub. You can throw some of that rub on there too, bro. And it's just a kick of flavor. I, you know, I don't normally talk about my eating habits on the air, but yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, there you, you know, go. So just a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit. Give it a little twang to it. But, uh, you know, man, Smokey John's is fantastic. The food's delicious. And when you order the jam session bowl off the secret menu, mm-hmm. I just get a little thrill every time you do it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, and you're going to love it, too. And, of course, when you order that, you get a complimentary drink that comes along with it with the Jam Session Bowl. It's Smoky John's Barbecue. Also, don't forget about our friends there at False Idol Brewing just north of 183 in North Richland Hills. If you are looking at stout, it's stout time of the year. I mean, December, it's getting <laughs> cold, although I know in Dallas it's been warm, bizarrely. And then it'll be cold. We know all the temperature changes in Texas, of course. False Idol's got it, man. And if you are looking for elite, elite level craft beer, family owned, they're good dudes, buddies of mine at False Idol Brewing in North Richland Hills. Keep in mind on Mondays, if you can get over there on Mondays, and they do this all day on Monday. So if you you happen to work in the Mid-Cities area or maybe even in Fort Worth, maybe Irving where it's not too far out of the way for you, swing by False Idol on Monday, you get 15% off to go. Anything you want to take away from the store, 15% off on Mondays. That's a great deal. No, that's a hell of a deal, bro. It really is. So get on over there and support them because they're badass and their beer is awesome at False Idol Brewing, just north of 183 in North Richland Hills. So we get back into our conversation here with football and the Cowboys. And it's funny, and I know how Cowboys fans are. It's really weird. And I've, I've often wondered what would it be like to be a fan of like Green Bay or maybe the Rams or somebody who's also sitting there at nine and four, 10 and three, and you're just pissed off that they're not destroying everybody in their path. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, um, I get it, man. It's a, uh, they set the standard so high that that's, you know, that's what, that what became your norm. But you just got to understand, man, it's hard to win. It's hard to play at a, at a, uh, at a consistent level. And so, you know, it's uh, it, what it is. And you just got to figure out how to, uh, how to deal with it as a fan. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. It's yeah. not hockey where you got 80 games. And so y'all go crazy over these, this one game because you got a week to dissect it. Yeah, and, and I mean, reality of it is we'll see what happens tomorrow night with Arizona and the Rams. One of them obviously has to lose. 
Green Bay is going to beat Chicago today. They'll be 10 and 3. Tampa is whipping the shit out of Buffalo. Tampa's going to move to 10 and 3. That okay. leaves Dallas at 9 and 4 and then we'll see what happens with the Rams. All right, now check this out. Cuz this is just, this is exactly what we're talking about. Do you think Do you think those Buffalo Bill fans, you know my dad's a season ticket holder. Mm. You know they had Super Bowl aspirations at the start of the season. Yeah. They're getting their ass kicked today. Yes, they are. They seven and five. Yep. They about to be seven and six. Yes, sir. With New England next week. So it could be worse. It could be <laughs> way worse. Saying? Yeah, it could be way worse. So That's the thing, just, you know. I think this is a solid Cowboys team. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. I, I didn't pick them at the beginning of the year. You know, I, th- I thought pissed off Aaron Rodgers would be really hard to beat this year. And I still kind of feel that way. But we'll see. It's, you know, they're 9-4. and four. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to have a home playoff game. If they win next week and Washington loses, then they clinch the division. Well, there you go. I mean, Washington plays Philadelphia, so we'll see. But, I mean, it, it, the division is right there for them. I'd be shocked if they don't win the East at this point. And that's what it is. Like we talked about, get in the tournament, get a home playoff game, and see what happens. Because then... You know, who's it going to be? Everybody wants to know. There's no way to know. You'd have a home playoff game, and you host one of those wild card teams that gets in, and you're at home, and, and you know, see if you can get to the divisional round where you would probably have to go on the road to maybe a Tampa, a Green Bay, an Arizona. Who knows? Dude, just, just get there and figure it out, bro. Yeah, just get there. <laughs> get there and figure it out. And I'm interested to see the Rams tonight because this is a Rams team that – you know, they had lost three in a row, and then they finally beat Jacksonville, but who cares about Jacksonville? And they've got a chance today on the road, or tomorrow night, Monday night football, on the road against Arizona, where, you know, if Arizona wins that, then they're too clear of the field, essentially. Well, they'd be one clear because of, of Tampa and, and Green Bay right behind them, but it's interesting. Arizona, we talked about this with Ed Werder, I think, on our last podcast, is for whatever reason, I, I just have a hard time believing Arizona can do, you know, that whole greatest show on turf thing where you just go from no playoff experience to Super Bowl champions. Is the only reason you don't believe it's because people typically don't do it? That, and I, I don't know how much I buy into Cliff Kingsbury as a Super Bowl level coach. But maybe I'm wrong because I believe in Kyler Murray. Obviously, they have a great offense. He's a great offensive mind. Their defense is solid. I, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is. I, I just, with the Packers and Tampa knowing that it, you've got to have Rodgers and Brady lose for somebody else to get to the Super Bowl. That's hard to... And then remember, everybody thought at the beginning of the year, Matt Stafford with the Rams, with McVay now, watch out for the Rams. And so maybe they'll figure something out here and, and gel a little bit over the last few weeks of the season. Maybe the Cowboys will. Who the hell knows? That's what I said. Somebody's going to catch fire in this next month, man. And maybe it's just Arizona who we've just kind of underestimated all yeah. along the way. Yeah, it could be, but... You know, that's that's kind of where it is right now. What a weird day in the NFL, because a lot of these early games today outside of the Cleveland game where Lamar Jackson got hurt were just clunkers. I mean, Tennessee shut out Jacksonville. Kansas City smoked the Raiders. New Orleans won by 21. Even the Dallas game for a while looked like it was headed towards a blowout. So kind of interesting. You think Urban Meyer is going to be there next year in Jacksonville? Nah, no way he could be. He's... Um... You know, I got to preface this by saying, I love the Mid Ohio State. Turn that program around, just a beast of a college coach. Yeah. 
he can't coach in the NFL um, for two or three reasons. Number one, he's a fraud as a person. Now, I'm just being, I'm just telling you what it is. And at the college level, when you're a fraud, the players can't say anything. Check this out, Matt. Not only can the players not really say anything, but up until the last year or so, they couldn't even leave. You know what? Like, damn, if I leave, I got to sit out for a year and he's going to bad my. Well, so it makes you easier to coach. Number two, he's finding out, like a lot of people, man, that when you don't have a huge talent advantage and every game is decided by four or five plays, it's hard as hell to win, which makes Bill Belichick so great. Yeah. And then number three, bro, um, there, and it's, this is kind of relates to number one. There's a difference between coaching grown-ass men who call you urban and not coach and college kids because a grown-ass man can and will tell you, go fuck yourself. Yep. I'm an all-pro. You know, fuck you. <laughs> and what happens is, and this is obvious, that he has not earned the respect of his players and so they ain't going to play for nobody they don't respect. I mean, they do their job and they try, but, you know, the, whatever he says, they don't pay any attention to. And, you know, this thing that came out in Pelissaro's story that, you know, there's a staff meeting and he says, well, I'm a winner. The rest of you guys are losers. Well, hey, dumbass, you hired them all. Yeah. So if you hired them all and they're all losers, I mean, what does that say about you? It says you're a dumbass. But what it really says is that you're a dude who doesn't take accountability for anything. Nothing's ever your fault. And that's why you're a fraud. Yeah, it, it appears to be that way. Like, I don't know how. And, and Khan, the owner there in Jacksonville, is notorious for keeping guys way too long. And it sounds like, you know, he wants to have patience with this whole thing. But I don't know. Because you can't turn over an NFL roster completely. Yeah, I mean, they'll bring in a, a, a third new guys. But if those guys that are in the room have already done with them and they don't believe in his shtick and what he's doing, you can't bring them back because it's not going to change. Now, it's not this this man to me, and again, I don't think I'm breaking any news. I don't think he's going to be back. I don't think he wants to be back. He can't handle losing. We all knew he's a he's a poor loser. I mean, nobody likes to lose. Yeah. But you you know, but in the NFL, the great teams lose three or four times a year. But you know, um, you know, he's just such a poor loser that uh, that he can't handle it, man. And so, the question will be, he doesn't want to quit because he's a fraud which means I want to get my money, even yeah. though I don't want to do this job anymore. And to me, this is all about negotiation. Okay, we owe you $40 million. You coach like shit this year. You know, you didn't, you didn't do anything for us that we thought you were going to do, so we'll give you 20 of the 40, and let's call it even. And Urban's lawyers and people go, what are you talking about? You owe us 40. We should at least get, you know, 35 of it. And so whatever number they come, in, come up to, as a negotiated number, um, he'll get. But I don't think he can ever coach again because he certainly can't coach an NFL team. And yeah. he's, such a, he's such a fraud and has so much stuff going on him that people have exposed about him now. I don't think he can ever coach college football again. So, I mean, he'll, he can be, he'll be fine as, an, as a uh, network analyst, which is what he was doing at Fox. He can make six, seven million dollars a year doing that, and uh, you know, keep it moving. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But that it's 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 really nuts too. And I kind of wondered if the last straw was when they did that thing with James Robinson the other day, and and Trevor Lawrence basically had to go to Urban Meyer in the game and be like, "Why isn't he on the field? Put him back in." Well, that's what I mean by a fraud, man. Like he blamed the running back coach for it. Like, dude. 
And, you know, if, we all know frauds. I mean, we all know people who are frauds or, or people we've worked with who are frauds. Right. And you just go, you know, you know, it's the worst thing you can do, man, is be involved with a fraud because nothing they say is real. And, you know, sometimes you know people for years that you work with or whatever and they're frauds and you just go, how the hell can I work with this person for so long and not know that this is the essence of who they were, which is nothing. They're a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. There it is. You summed it up. I mean, it's that's the NFL at its finest, I guess. It, it's they. I don't know, man. That's such a weird ass. And what's weird is that I think most of us were kind of like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, this is a horrible hire for Jacksonville. And I was just kind of hoping, like, I actually think Trevor Lawrence can be a great quarterback. But I'm like, man, I wonder... If you keep him with Urban Meyer, is he ever going to be able to Bro, be that guy? That's one of the reasons why you got to fire. Like for real, that's one of the reasons you got to fire because you got to you have the first pick in the draft. You want him to succeed. Yeah. You have to put him in an environment to succeed. And if you don't, dude, you you've retarded your entire franchise by a decade. So you got to fire him for no other reason than oh my god, can we get somebody in here? who can just get him to be just a normal NFL quarterback experience because this right now, this ain't it. No. And once Urban leaves, oh, my God, wait till the stories that come out then. No doubt. I mean, it'll be it'll be unbelievable, but there it is. I mean, Jacksonville, of course, losing again today. I think, what are they now, 2-11, and 2-12, whatever they are. So yeah. it, it, they're just – they're done. And that's what's wild because they're going to have one of the top picks in the draft again to get another stud, maybe defensive guy or an offensive lineman or something like that. And, then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that's our little NFL conversation for you. I wanted to, to just real quick throw this out because I don't really – I don't pay attention. I did not watch the Heisman. But Bryce <laughs> Young – the Heisman to me is just so boring and weird – Bryce Young does win the Heisman, though, and I thought it was interesting because Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from Michigan, finished second, but he was way behind Bryce. I mean, Bryce, I think everybody the last couple of weeks, it became really obvious that Bryce Young's going to win this thing, but the Heisman's always, you know, there's 900 and I think it's 928 Heisman voters. Does that seem like a lot or a little? Seems like a lot to me, and, and part of the reason why is once you get a Heisman vote, you keep it forever unless you have a reason to where they decide to you give it away and then everybody who ever won the heisman has it so you've got all these guys who you know may mildly cover college football or pay attention a little bit that have votes that that they're not right. watching ever they don't have a clue and that's why the region votes are always so strange well yeah i mean although you know i would think that um with espn and all these college football shows and cable and everything else yeah. that um, you know, if there's somebody that you want to see, you can go back and see him, or at least with, uh, you know, Twitter and, and YouTube, you can at least go back and look at highlights or cut ups. So I, I think voters are a lot more, uh, they're a lot more aware in general. But, you know, man, I think, um, <clears throat> I don't know why the award doesn't, doesn't carry any weight with me anymore. I don't know. Really, see, I don't either, but I, I would agree with you. I told you, I think it's because it's, uh, it's, it's not. It's no longer about the best players. It's just the best quarterback, ninety-nine percent of the time. Yes, I know Devontae Smith won it last year, but you know it's it's just the best player on the best team. <laughs> yeah, man, it's and, it's weird too because Alabama now have obviously Bryce Young just won it, so they have the last quarterback, the last wide receiver, and the last running back to win the Heisman, all from Alabama. 
Yeah, and I mean, I ain't mad at Alabama. <laughs> no, not at all. No, but, it's, it's but it's you know, it's just what it is, and so it doesn't. Uh, I don't even pay attention to it, man. I forgot it was this weekend. Yeah, it was last night, and I I had it on, but we had some friends over, and so it was muted, and we were listening to music. But I, you know, we just had it, and it's just. You're right, it, and it used to matter. It feels like it used to be something that I paid a lot more attention to. And for whatever reason, in recent years, I don't, it registers not it, at all. Now, some of it might have been, bro, that there was some drama behind it because you hadn't seen a lot that of these guys be. play. You hadn't really talked about them, heard about them that much, or, oh, I wonder. I mean, but now you do straw polls and everybody is out. And I mean, it ain't no surprise. When's the last time you were surprised by the Heisman winner? Like, wow, this is going to be a close one. I wonder who's going to win it. Yeah, and, and this was not one of those. I mean, that, that was a smoke show that Bryce Young put. I mean, easily winning the Heisman. And then other than that, the only other thing that I had, and this has nothing to do with football at all, but, you know, I've only seen the Mavs play a couple of times this year, but they got some problems, man. They suck. They have got some problems, and this is what my worst fear was, that they were going to discover that KP is not ever going to be what they need him to be and that they can't put a team around Luka. And they've got time. I mean, they, because he signed his extension, he's got to be here for another handful of years. But the problem is you got to put stuff around him that can start working now. Well, And this, know, is a, this is a borderline playoff team that's going to lose in the first round again if they get in. Yeah, the the problem, man, to me is, and I've already heard some of this on some, this is why, okay, check this out. Y'all should listen to our podcast, and you do if you're listening right now, because we bring insight on what we know best. The Cowboys, Matt from a fan perspective, me from having covered them for, uh, for you know, 26 years. And so we bring you a lot of insight into the Cowboys, and we know what we're talking about. Okay, here's the point. When you listen to national shows, 99% of the time, those cats don't have a clue what they're talking about. They're just giving you their opinion based yeah. on whatever their yeah. opinion is. And here's my deal. There's some guy, oh, Luca, you know, uh, Trey Young's already been to finals, you know, conference finals, and, <laughs> and DeAndre Ayton's doing this and that, and Luca's he's falling behind. It's like, do y'all see the shit that Luca's playing with? Yeah. Do y'all see the fact that they can't put anything close to a team around him? Now, that's all true. Now, he's now as talented as Luke is. You can't be coming in as a fat doughboy every year either. That's on you to show up in the best shape of your life and do what you do and, uh, and make it apparent that you want to be as great as you can be. And part of that is getting in physical shape to be great. But, man, even – and I'm not really blaming them this offseason because, as we said – who was there out? Who was there to go get, man? No, it's true. You're right, and there wasn't anybody, and that's why they invested in Hardaway Jr. and he has just dropped off. Well, I told y'all, Hardaway Jr. don't ever need to be your third yeah. best player. He needs yep. to be like your fifth best player. But you know, so they got they, and then the guys they got from the Bucks were role players. They were three and D guys, and they ain't done either one of them things. Yeah, that's the biggest uh, problem is is the guys they signed like Bullock. And Sterling Brown were supposed to be dudes that could come in here and shoot, and they haven't done that at all. They're they're not shooting. And I saw I saw that I think it was Mark Cuban that put this out there, was talking about how shooting is down across the league. Whatever, Doc. Because I, and I didn't realize this, they're using a new basketball this year, and so I the Mavs. I know, but the Mavs three point shooting across the board. I mean, they're only shooting thirty three percent as a team. And when they shoot as many three-pointers as they do at times, and you've got guys like Bullock 
who was supposed to come in here as a dude that you could rely on to hit threes is shooting 27% from three. Sterling Brown, same thing, is shooting 27% from three. You can't survive like that. You're not going to win a lot of games. And then when you look at it and you've got, okay, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting 32% from the three-point line. These guys that you invested some money in in the offseason that were supposed to help you have not done that at all. So most nights it's okay, are we going to get a unicorn performance tonight or are we going to get average KP? And seven out of 10 games, you get average KP. The other three games, he misses. And then Luca <laughs> is Luca and does Luca things, but he's doing it by himself. I mean, Luca's still averaging 26, 8, and 9. Yeah. I think the other problem for them is they don't do anything well. You know, they're not, a, they're not really anymore because Jason Kidd changed it, and that's yeah. okay. But they're not a three-point shooting team. Uh, they don't attack the bucket. They take a lot of mid-range jumpers, which even a dude like me who ain't into basketball analytics knows that's the worst value shot in the NBA. And so they take mid-range shots, but they can't make any of them. They don't do anything well. They play defense, and that's cool. But then they feel sorry for themselves when they don't make buckets, and they don't make buckets, so their defense is, 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 is not what it could be because they're feeling sorry for themselves because they don't make buckets. Uh, dude, this is feeling – like a long, disappointing season that's yes. going to end uh, in a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I, I think... And so I ain't going to invest nothing in it emotionally. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's frustrating because I have a... I really don't want this to be the Kevin Durant situation where you just couldn't get it done. He gives you nine seasons and he's gone. But the Luka thing, man, I, I think that this is... They're going to have to figure out how to move on from Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah. I think they gave I mean, it one more year to see if it could work, and it's not. But, I mean, again, you know, Hardaway Jr. is a 36% career three-point shooter. He's shooting 32%. Bullock and Sterling Brown, the two dudes they, they brought in that I keep talking about, are shooting 10 and 11% lower from three than they have their entire career. And it's right. just weird. And, and, you know, you didn't anticipate that those guys were going to come in and miss these wide-open shots that Luca generates for them. But he's got – Luca's got to be getting frustrated as hell. I would think so. Um, when, he, when he hears that stuff and he sees other guys with better teams, uh, look at the teams that the Hawks – look at the team that the Hawks put around yeah. uh, Trey Young. And what it, what it is is, man, and, and Cubes – I like Cubes in general. I mean, I think he's a good dude. But in general, it's a failure from your organization, man. You have, I mean, you had, you had a, sh you know, whatever it is, you couldn't figure out how to build a team around him. Uh, I mean, dude, this is not new. How long did it take for them to put a team around Dirk? No, that's what true. Could, yeah. How long did they look, hey, Dirk needs a sidekick. How long did they try to take him to find a sidekick for Dirk and they never did? Yeah. Really? Oh, okay, they found Dirk a sidekick when Dirk was 40 years old. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So this is not, if we think about it, this is not a new issue. They they couldn't build a team around Dirk for the longest time, and now they can't build a team around Luka. Organizations, my friend, win or lose. Organizations. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And, and now Luka's dealing with the ankle, and he's not going to play these next couple of games. It just seems like they cannot get into a flow. And, and the couple times I've seen them, because they played on national television the other night, and I watched, and – it's just, it's, man, I don't know. It's a bummer. Oh, you know what I was thinking of today watching the Cowboys? Watching Micah Parsons play makes me feel like I feel when I watch Luka play. Because he does stuff that I just giggle and I laugh out loud. And I'm just like, what am I watching? Like, I can't believe this. 
And I was trying to think, I was like, man, you know, Luca has that, and he still has that. Even when the Mavs are getting their ass kicked, Luca will do things every game that you just can't believe you're watching a guy do. Micah Parsons does that stuff. Every game for the Cowboys, there'll be a couple plays a game where Micah does something. I just, I'm just laughing like I can't believe what I'm watching right now. And I can't believe he's on the team that I like. Now, see, that's, uh, that's pretty good because, you know, if you're a Dallas sports fan, you could have Luca, you got Parsons now, you yeah. got your boy Hes- Heskin in with the stars. Um, you know, uh, if the Rangers can get lighter up here. And yeah, we'll see. Or, yeah. Or young, you could have uh, quite a collection of stars who are in their prime in DFW um, doing their thing for quite a few years. Yeah, that's kind of what you're hoping for, man. But we'll see how it goes with these Dallas Cowboys. It's another game next week. And, and again, you know, the Giants are so bad. I mean, that that's one of those franchises that it just feels like for forever they have sucked. And I know that they won a couple of Super Bowls. I get that. But out, even like outside those Super Bowl years, they never did anything. And they're so bad the last, you know, like Saquon Barkley, you look at Saquon, like, oh, they got Saquon Barkley. Well, their offensive line has been trash his entire career. He gets hurt all the time. I think his season high is like 57 yards rushing. He just, you know, I don't want to call him the poor Zingas of the NFL, but that's pretty much what he is. He's that's actually a great hurt. comparison, to be fair. He's, he's always heard the talents there. You see flashes of it. Uh, you know, it ain't his fault he's always hurt. It's just what it is, bro. I mean, th- this is a Giants team. They're going to lose today. They're getting their ass kicked by the Chargers. So they're going to come in having lost three of four, and they scored 10 points, 13 points, 9 points, and then I think today right now they've got seven against the Chargers. So it's an offense. Their offense is they're horrible. They're horrible offensively to where if Dallas can get to, like, kind of like today when they got to 21, I was like, well, this game's over. Now, it almost yeah. wasn't because Dak threw a pick six, but if if your offense can just give you 20, 21 points, you're you're beating the Giants next week. Yeah, but shoot, Doug, we're, what are we also talking about? We're talking about a game in December in New York in the cold. Yep, that's very true, and that's fair. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is, I mean, we could say all of that. You know, we have no idea what the conditions will be next week, whether they're – like the conditions in Washington, okay, you can still go play your game and do what you do. Yeah. But, dude, you know, we have no idea what it'll be like next week. And I'm not wasting any time looking at a 10-day forecast to find out. <laughs> All right, you don't have to. That's not a big deal. But, I mean, think about this. Like, like the Giants today, because of the injury to Daniel Jones, had to start Mike Glennon. And, and so Mike Glennon's still hanging around. Which, by the way, I didn't realize Eric Flowers was still in the league. And then I saw him playing on the Washington offensive line today. I was like, man, that dude is still hanging around? Because he was with still the Giants. Chicks. Yeah, he was with the Giants for forever. It was like a turnstile at left tackle. I don't know. It's just little things like that that you see when you're watching a game that you forget about these dudes, and then they'll randomly show up and make a play for some other team, and you're like, like Daniel Wise. That was the thing about Washington's defense today is that their top four defensive ends were out. Daniel Wise, who I don't believe had played in an NFL game in his career and had been a career practice squatter, started today for Washington at end, and he was the dude that we had in studio once and did like a really long interview with when we didn't know how to get out of it. Do you remember that? Bro. <laughs> that was him. Like, that was Daniel Wise. There's like, that's that's the worst feeling ever. We're here. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. No, sir. Oh, God. It was good. It was really good. I had fun. Yes, sir. No, sir. I was like... <laughs> 
Well, fuck. See, and the problem is, for those of you that used to listen to us on the radio, for a long time, we had no commercials in our noon hours. So we basically (laughs) did, I think it was 54 minutes straight. And so when we first started doing it, we didn't realize, and our producer, Alan, wasn't there that day. Right. So we didn't have any way. We we both knew this interview is not going anywhere. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God, we thought he would be here the whole 54 minutes. What the hell do we do? <laughs> so we're trying to stretch it out, and we're trying, like, how do we get out of this? Because we, we're not taking a break. And I didn't know that he had any people there that we could be, like, you know, whisper to her. Right, done. yeah. I don't know how that worked. So it was just. I mean, oh, was my a, God. It was, it was horrible. He's a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, this super is, nice you know, guy. Yeah. Everybody ain't built for interviewing, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, that was. And when I saw him today, I was like, oh, my God, that's that guy. And then I went yep. to look him up and he hadn't played in an NFL game. No, he's just uh, he's just been on, the, you know, trying trying to survive. And I mean, if you're going to have a job making 100 G's a year, you yeah. might as well be a practice squad guy for the NFL. Yeah, no, no doubt. Nothing wrong you with know, that at all. Uh, and you know his brother plays for uh, Dietrich is a uh, plays for uh, New England. Yeah, and they actually have a uh, a real nice football camp that they put on for for uh, offense defensive linemen in the uh, in the summer. Oh, very nice. And I think I think that's what he was on. It was. You're right. He, that is he, why he came. He by. just he just didn't do it very well. And that's okay. That's all right. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll move forward. I mean, we're less than two weeks away from Christmas. You've got the Giants next week in New York. It's another noon kick. And then they turn around the Sunday night after Christmas is a Sunday night game. Is it? Yes. The day after Christmas is Washington on Sunday night football on NBC. Wow. Unless something gets flexed, but right now that's the game. Yeah, that'll be the game. Yeah, so that's kind of, um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I feel like, damn, that's a long night. (laughs) And it's the day (laughs) after Christmas. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to be off that week, but now I've got to do my show because Bama made the playoff, and I'll be in Dallas when that happens. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably be at my parents' house on that Sunday night. Yeah, I might be in Philadelphia. We'll see. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, matter of fact, I need to make a move on that very quickly. Yeah, you might want to figure it out because <laughs> Christmas is coming up, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, yes. it is coming up. It is two. We're literally less than two weeks away from Christmas, which is wild. And I ain't done a bit of shopping. I have, I think I've gotten two things. I think I can get it all done on the internet very quickly, but. Yeah, I mean, with the internet now, you just got to figure out what you want to get. And you're kind of like, okay, here it is. And you do that. Right. I think that's the, uh, that's the approach I got to take. All right. Well, there it is. Cowboys win today. They're nine and four, 27, 20 over Washington. And we'll be back. We'll have our podcast coming up later this week. That'll drop on Wednesday where we will talk with Todd Archer and take another look at this game, have some fun stuff for you. And then, of course, later on this week, Clarence Hill Jr. and Ed Werder as we get closer to that Giants game, taking a look ahead. But keep telling everybody about it. We appreciate the support and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. 
Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.